hello hello welcome everybody to astrology did not change my life i am still that bitch your local neighborhood astrology podcast because i am by no means an expert but i simply love love talking about astrology and i want to be able to share that with you guys so realistically This podcast about astrology will just involve me having conversations to myself, and I hope that you can learn something from it. So this first episode will mainly just be an introduction to who I am, inspiration. We'll be looking at what exactly a birth chart is, the components of a birth chart. Very, very basic stuff. I'm just going to break it down to the nitty gritty bare elements and disclaimers because there will be lots of disclaimers when it comes to this broad field of astrology. So to start, my name is Plutonian Aquarius. And as the name suggests, I'm an Aquarius with Pluto aspects, hence Plutonian Aquarius. Maybe we'll go for PA for short. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go along. And if there's more episodes and if people like listening to my annoying voice. So to start, I'm going to be saying so a lot and that bothers me. To start, I have been just reading and studying astrology just on my own time for maybe like over 10 years. I started when I was 10 and I have to bring up Sailor Moon because Sailor Moon was the start of it all. I was obsessed with that show as a child. All their pretty outfits. And they were fighting crime with the power of friendship and love. It was beautiful. And it's still iconic as fuck. Okay? It still is. I don't care what anybody says. Sailor Moon will never, ever not be iconic. (laughs) Can you tell what generation I'm from? Never, ever not be iconic. And so with with Sailor Moon and learning about all the different sailors and all the different planets they represent, I kind of just went down another rabbit hole. And I actually delved into astronomy. And I think when I was like maybe seven or something, like I just spent hours reading books. Yeah, I read a lot actually as a kid. I don't anymore. (laughs) But I just read, like I would spend hours and hours just reading about all the different planets. And I can still tell you that Mercury is the closest to the sun. Venus is very, very similar to Earth, but it's also not because it's mainly a planet made of gas. So I have a lot of this, like, uh, redundant, well, redundant because I don't actually use it in my everyday life, redundant information about astronomy, which is different from astrology. But oddly enough, astronomy took me to astrology. So the astrology that most of us are probably familiar with is the one that involves our sun signs, which is what we use based on our birthdays. So for example, my birthday is February 5th, so I'm an Aquarius. Somebody who's October 20th, they're a Libra, things like that. And I just was obsessed with finding out whose birthday was when, just so that I could figure out their sun signs. And so I was really, really good at memorizing everybody's birthdays because I just wanted to know their sun sign. I wanted to know if you were an Aquarius or if you were a Libra, a Scorpio, anything. Just give it to me. 
And then I learned that there was more than just your sun signs. That's when I learned that you actually have a moon sign, a Mercury sign, a Venus sign. And then that's when I got introduced to a birth chart. And it was way, way more than what I actually expected. And then I went down another rabbit hole. And there were so, so many resources out there on the internet that made it so easy to just learn about your birth chart. And many of, many of the websites that come to mind from the top of my head are like Astrofix, Astrology Membership, forums. Forums were great. And then somehow that took me into books. So there were many astrologers who actually wrote books that we still reference to this day. Stephen Forrest, Donna Cunningham. And then I think even Wayman Stewart, he's one of my all-time favorite. I have to, have to, have to mention him because he was just so foundational <laughs> for me and helping me solidify so many of the concepts. And all in all, I am just a self-taught astrologer. There's, it's just been me just sitting down and reading about astrology whenever I was sad, whenever I had time, whenever I was bored. It just, it just became such a hobby that I didn't, I didn't even realize that how much time I'd spent, I had spent on it until I would start talking about it with friends and they would, they would lose their mind and they'd be like, whoa, 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 why do you know so much? And that is a very good question. Why do I know so much? <laughs> and I really don't have an answer to this day. But now as I'm older, I've like, I've gotten into learning birth chart, like birth chart readings. And this was all because I wanted to learn more about my own chart. And I realized that so many people want to get into astrology, but they don't know where to begin. And even the resources that I use to learn aren't even available anymore. They'll be like page 11 on a Google search. And so nobody really, there isn't really any tips or tools for people to use to even learn or even like begin venturing in to astrology. And that sucks. Because let me tell you, when I first started learning about my own birth chart and getting into astrology, I was looking for answers for a lot of the stuff that had happened to me when I was a child. And it just didn't seem like there, were any, there was anything really for me to truly, under, truly understand myself and to move forward with my life. And the only thing that actually did work for me, oddly enough, was astrology. It taught me, all of a sudden, there's so many things in my life that had happened to me that just made sense. And for the first time in my life, I actually was seen and, well, was valid. And I can see that now there's so many people there's so, so many people that want to have that same experience where they want to have that same level of self-discovery and that journey into understanding who they are, but they don't even know where to begin because those resources aren't accessible. And even the paid resources, like, how do you know it's credible, right? And so oh, a very close friend actually suggested that I simply just make a podcast, especially since I can spend hours talking about it, I might as well record myself talking to myself about astrology. And so here we are. I simply want to have everybody else 
have that same experience that I had, that little journey, that little magical, yeah, it was magical, okay, the magical journey of self-discovery with just trying to figure out who they are, really, and to give them tools to move forward with their life. And when it comes to things like that, it hasn't been accessible in a very long while for a lot of people. And I understand that it's because, yes, the people that do sell these resources, they have to pr make money anyway. But I guess I just this was just something because it was something that I did for fun and it just holds a special place in my heart and it's always just bring, brought me comfort. It made sense for me to be able to make something that would be accessible for everybody else who simply wants to go through that same journey that I did, that that 10-year-old self me did. And if I can even if I can even give that same experience to just one person, I'm solid. I don't see myself profiting off of this. And that's okay. This is just something that I want to do just for me for fun. To well unleash my creative side. And I think in the midst of it, I hope that you guys can learn something from it and that you you can benefit from it in your own way, whatever it may be. Yeah, so sappy intro aside. <laughs> um, I also wanted to introduce myself further in terms of my aspects. So every day, I would always just find something new in my bird chart. And it would just lead me down another rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden, I was spending hours and hours just reading up on that one little thing that I found in my chart. And I guess I spent more than 10 years just analyzing my chart. So the subject that will be referenced the most in these podcasts will be my birth chart. And no, it is not because I love talking about myself, which I kind of do sometimes, but it's just easier. It's just easier to reference me. Um, and if you know who I am, I am actually bearing my soul to you guys. So please don't use this information against me. Thank you. <laughs> but yes, as I was saying, an introduction to me as well. The big three, um, the big three that I have, so that for some of my peeps that do know astrology and are listening, I am a Scorpio rising. I'm an Aquarius sun, like I mentioned before, and I have a Gemini moon. So those are my big three. But as we get through more of the episodes, I'll probably be referencing, like I said, I'll probably be referencing my birth chart a lot. And so you'll know a lot of my aspects <laughs> very well. I will make sure of it. Do not worry. Okay. Moving on. As I was saying, we were going to do like a quick introduction on the components of a birth chart. First things first. What exactly is a birth chart? What the heck? Right? Astrology, which is pop astrology that when it comes to the sun signs and the ones that tell you, the newspaper clippings that tell you about your future and things like that, we've only just known that it's based on your birth date. And so that is just your sun sign. That is just one component of your chart. Excuse me. So the birth chart basically is a picture of the planets and the position that they're in in the heavens on the day that and time and location that you were born at. As a result, your time, the time that you were born and where you were born makes a huge difference. And all 
of the planets, and depending on where they're sitting in the chart in the heavens, give you a picture of your personality. Each planet represents a different facet of your personality, and when they all come together, they make up you. And then, as I was saying, the heavens, they're divided into 12 houses, and each house represents a different part of your life. Now, depending on what the heck is going on in each house, um, for example, some people will have a planet in one house, but they won't have a planet in another house. So the house that is occupied by a planet, that will be a little bit more important for them in the long run. So some areas of your life will be more important for some people, but they might be, but there could be, but similarly for another person, that area would, oh, well, not similarly. Huh. Took me a minute. Hold up. But on the other hand, for somebody else, that same area of their life will not be as important as it is for the other person. Huh. I hope that made sense. Kind of made sense in my head. Anyways, as I was saying, so to begin, I'm first going to go through the planets. And this will make more sense as we go through more of the podcast. I will go through each little component more in depth. So if I lose you along the way, don't worry. You will be able to learn more in another episode, okay? The planets, as I was saying, there's 10 planets. There's five personal planets and five, well, two transpersonal and then three generational planets. So the five personal planets are more important for your personality. The first one, which is the sun sign, as I was saying, that's based upon your birth date. That, as the sun, think about the sun, it's the center of the universe. Well, our universe, (laughs) essentially. All the planets revolve around the sun. So the sun is that self-confidence that you have. It's how you shine, right? It's how you get noticed out there in the world. And when it comes to shining, that's a lot. A lot of that is dependent on our self-confidence and our self-esteem. So most of us don't really actually grow into that until later on in life because think about it. Self-esteem issues are universal. Most of us don't build it until way, way later in life as we go through things. And then after that, you have your moon sign. Your moon sign looks at your emotional landscape, your emotional responses, how you, how you react when it comes to personal situations, how you express your emotions, and anything to do with that emotional realm, like I said. And oftentimes, because depending on what sign is in that, what, what sign it, ugh, Depending on what sign your moon sign is in, it'll give you an idea of what it is that upsets you, what it is that will trigger you, depending on the themes of that sign. So, for example, I have a Gemini moon. The things that will upset me will be, thing, will be issues that are revolving around communication when I'm not able to express myself. Things like that make me ex- upset. But similar to, similarly is but but similar to your to what 
triggers you. It's also what brings you comfort. And so I, I love to have constant stimulation. And so that's why reading has always been a source of comfort for me and being able to access different resources and to learn. And so you can see sometimes people can relate more to their moon sign because that's a lot more personal. Next, we have your Mercury. Your Mercury is how you communicate. It's how you think. And it's how you process ideas. It's that mental landscape that we have. And oftentimes, by talking to somebody, you can get an idea of what their Mercury sign is, is because that's how they're talking to you. Maybe somebody will talk to you like a Scorpio, or somebody will talk to you like a Leo. And so now you can already see that we are not just our sun sign, right? There's so many other facets to you that make up who you are. And so the birch chart takes those nuances into consideration. Next, we have everybody's favorite that I feel like everybody likes to know is your Venus sign, the planet of love. So the, the Venus sign is a good indication of how we love. And that's not just towards other people, but also towards ourselves. And love is just an umbrella term. So the way that we express love towards our friends or family, our romantic interests. But it's also how we showcase that love back towards ourselves. And usually your Venus sign is a very good indicator of relationship compatibility or how you'll act in a relationship. So oftentimes when people are telling you about compatibility, they really, shouldn't look, they really should not be looking at sun signs as much as they should be looking at Venus signs if they really want to know just, I guess, like a surface level of how they'll be romantically. Obviously, there's more to it, but usually the Venus sign is a good indicator. And then the last one in your personal planets is your Mars sign. Your Mars sign is a very good indicator of how it is you go about achieving your goals. It's that drive. It's that passion. It's that fire underneath your ass that drives you to go out there and get it and get what it is that you want out of life. And because of that, it's also usually a very good indicator of what it is that makes you angry and how you showcase that anger and how you process that anger. So somebody, somebody might seem very, very mellow and lovely and chill. And then all of a sudden they're very, they just, lash out in a way that you didn't think was possible and it's probably because they're acting out their mars sign and it's very different from the other aspects and their personality and so again the very nuances of of a human and the birth chart takes that into consideration so the next planet that we have is saturn no not saturn <laughs> actually we can talk about saturn and then we'll talk about jupiter the next planet that we have is Saturn. Saturn, um, Saturn and Jupiter, neither of them are really personal planets, but depending on where they're placed in your chart, it gives a good indication of themes prevalent in your life. So wherever Saturn is in your life is an area in your life that you have to be disciplined, where you have those limitations because you have to build that discipline and you have to build that foundation. It's where you have to do things the hard way and work towards it. And then Jupiter, very big contrast from Saturn, is the planet of, it's a planet of good luck and fortune and spirituality. So wherever Jupiter is placed in your chart is where 
you will go about finding your path to discovery, to spirituality, and where you find luck, essentially. And so when somebody tells you that they don't have good luck, well, they just haven't tapped into their Jupiter yet. We all have luck in our chart. It's just a matter of finding out where it is and using that to your advantage to help you. And then the, lo the last three planets that we have are the generational planets. So those planets are the ones that you'll see affecting, like the name suggests, a generation. So people that are in, say, the millennial generation, they'll usually have all, like they'll have each and every single individual within that generation will have a planet in that same sign. So for example, millennials, most of them all are Pluto and Scorpio generation. Gen Zs are Pluto and Sagittarius generations. And things like that. The first planet in the set of the generational planets is Uranus. Or how everybody makes the jokes, Uranus. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to make that joke. Of course I was going to make that joke. Damn right. I had to. It's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> Please continue listening to me. So Uranus is the planet of unconventionality. It's the planet of unpredictability. And oddly enough, also the planet of technology. So wherever Uranus is placed in your chart is where things are unpredictable, but also unconventional. And things don't always make sense, but it's where you stand out and how you like to stand out and be different and march the beat of your own drum and refuse to follow the status quo. Because as the planet suggests, the reason why... as the reason why it's basically the planet of unpredictability is because it doesn't like to feel limited. If, them, if something is not working, they will break through those old structures to make way for new structures. It's that simple. Next, we have Neptune. Neptune is the mystic. It is the planet of dreams, of deeper spirituality that we don't always truly understand, like esoteric, mystical spirituality the one where you have to be in like deep, deep, deep meditation just to understand. And wherever Neptune is in our chart is wherever we unleash that mysterious creativity, those dreams. It's a very, it, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's a very hard planet to understand sometimes because it's so slippery. Because that's how dreams are. You don't truly understand them. You can't always put actual words to those energies and Neptune embodies that and then last but not least we have Pluto the planet of death of transformation and death doesn't have to mean literal when it comes to transformation and regeneration and metamorphosis these heavy heavy words Pluto likes to believe that the only way we can make way for new things similar to Uranus, is if we quite literally end, if we quite, oh my gosh, somebody else is, oh, I'm hearing something and it's bothering me. <laughs> Sorry. So the only way that we can make forth for new things is if we quite literally just cut off and end a certain cycle. 
And that's the only way we can move forward. And it's kind of similar to the idea that every time somebody is born, it's because somebody else died, right? It's that balance. And so it doesn't always have to be a bit like a scary concept of literal death. It can simply just mean that we are letting go of everything that does not serve us to make way for a new cycle. So wherever Pluto is in your chart, wherever, yes, wherever Pluto is placed in your chart is where you are very good at just transforming, letting go of the old and making way for new. And so you can see that when you take all of these planets into consideration, and I'm not even talking about the houses yet, we have, well, a very complex individual. And that's what I am just going to keep reiterating, that birth charts and astrology always takes you as an individual into consideration and really, and really honors that there are many, many different facets to who you are and that you're not meant to simply just be boxed into 12 signs. And that's why I completely agree that you shouldn't be simply just narrowing people down to just, well, you're an Aquarius. Well, you're a Libra. Because that's not fair. Because there's so much more to us, right? And as I promised, I would talk about the house system. So as I mentioned, the heavens are divided into 12 houses. And not all 12 houses have to be occupied by planets. But they, but you could have, actually, no, no, that wouldn't be, no, no. Not all 12 houses are usually ever really occupied because we only have 10 planets. And depending on what is going on in each house or depending on which planets are placed in each house, each house will play a more important role in your life. So the, to so the heavens are divided into 12 houses and they represent different areas in your life. And it can range from like, your adulthood, your career, your relationships, like the way you communicate. But we'll go through them quickly. The one to 12 houses. So the first house, also known as a rising sign, is your house of self-expression. It's actually the first thing that people see when they don't know who you are. They actually just see, excuse me, that first house of self-expression. And so, oh my gosh. Did I burp? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. But as I was saying, the first house is the house of self-expression. It's the first thing that people see when they don't actually know who you are. Because it's a very instinctual house. And you aren't even aware that this is the mask or the persona that you're putting on. But it's how you go about in the world. Because it's so instinctual. When you're, first comp when you're first going out and doing something, that's the energy that you put out into the world. So, for example, I approach the world as a Scorpio because my rising sign or my first house is in the house of Scorpio. So when people first see me, they think that I'm a Scorpio. Like, hands down. Like, I get it all the time. And nobody ever thinks I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> so sad. And that's because that's my first house is just in everybody's face. And that's usually how it is. So oftentimes when you're guessing somebody's sign, you're probably guessing their first house. Next, we have the second house. The house of money is what they traditionally call it. But I like to believe that it's the house of resources and how you feel safe, 
through those resources. So oftentimes we can feel safe through material resources, such as money. And so how we go about getting those resources is dependent on our second house. And it's the house of comfort as well, because again, it's how we go about feeling safe. Your third house is the house of communication. And similar to Mercury, for example, it's how we go about ex expressing our ideas, I guess even processing ideas, but it's also a very good indication of your early childhood, like your early, not your, mm, you know, your early education system in the elementary school years is usually, that's what the third house usually looks at as well. Your fourth house is the house of, I like to believe your early, your early environment. And it's, I also like to believe that it's the house of safety. So when in our early childhood environment, whatever we go through, whatever we experience is usually a good indicator of how we go about feeling safe in the world. Because your early experiences kind of define how you go about, how you go about into the world, including going about and creating a safe space for yourself because that's what you're those are the messages and themes that you're supposedly su supposed to learn in your early childhood and a lot of that includes feeling safe and then we have the fifth house which is the house of creativity and spontaneity so it's how you unleash your creative side and how you go about even approaching dating because that's meant to be spontaneous and fun so it's basically how you go about having fun as well and then your sixth house, a little bit different from the fifth house, is the house of routine. It's a house of self-care as well. Because part of your routine and should involve a self-care routine. And for some people, it could be make more chaotic. For some people, they have to follow a very regimented plan. And you could just be doing mundane things. Like, some people have to wake up in the morning and they always have to have breakfast. I'm one of those people. So I brought it up. But other people have to go through their emails first. Things like that. And that's dependent on what is going on in your sixth house. That's usually a good indication. And part of self-care and routines is also exercise. So how you go about taking care of your health in general. And exercise falls under that term as well. And how you process through sickness. Um, sicknesses and how you bounce back up from it. And how you take care of yourself. After that, we have the seventh house, which is the house of relationships. But relationships can also just mean partnerships. So it can essentially mean romantic relationships, friendships, the relationships that you have with your your family members. But also, say, you need to get into a business partnership. Your seventh house is a very good indicator of telling you what it is that you need out of somebody. Or you need out of the whole energy of the relationship in order to feel committed and to feel like you can be in that partnership and be in that give and take kind of situation. Because that's essentially what relationships are, really. Give and take. After that, we have the eighth house. The eighth house is another mysterious, mysterious house. I like to believe that it's more so the house of... of subconscious resources resources that are empowering in ways that go beyond the 3d 
And oftentimes, this can be the house, because it's such a mysterious house, a lot of the energies that we have are the in this house are the ones that we keep hidden from us. It's the one, it's the part that we think we should be ashamed of, that society won't um, accept. And oftentimes, it'll give you a good indication of intimacy, of how we view death, of how we view, well, and how we deal with trauma. Because it's that subconscious, deeply buried side within us. And we all have it. It's all there. But it's a matter of how we deal with it that the eighth house will tell us. And even intimacy is such a weird taboo concept in our society as well because the whole idea of sex is it's just become like distorted because of so many many different things going on in the world half the time and so that house is just honestly a lot of the things that we run away from next we have a more lighthearted house now is the ninth house the ninth house is the house of self-discovery of going through journeys to discover who we are and what we are essentially and so the ninth house is essentially how the pathway that we take towards discovering who we are and oftentimes spirituality helps us go through that self-discovery as well. So oftentimes the relationship that you have with spirituality, the ninth house is usually a good indicator of telling you and how to go about approaching spirituality. It's also a very good indicator of how you are or I guess the environment that you thrive in when it comes to post-secondary education, whether that's university or college or things like that. It's what takes part, the education that takes part after you're 18 essentially. Next, we have the 10th house, which is oftentimes called the house of career. We grow towards it. And if you think about what the career, well, what careers mean in general, careers are what we give back to society and what we work towards presenting ourselves out there to, out there to the world. Because our career is essentially how we go about into the world. And if you really think about it, it's kind of your reputation. It's what people who don't really know you but have heard about you, will. He- that's the energy of your 10th house. So for example, people that just have heard about me and like have heard about what it is that I do depending on what it is that I, like depending on my career, a lot of them actually think that I'm, I'm like a Virgo because I'm very methodical, come across very analytical. And it's funny because I live in absolute chaos half the time. But that's because that's my 10th house energy. It's, that's the reputation that I've built. And I've built that in my career. And if you're struggling to find a sense of purpose sometimes, when a sense of purpose on how you want to give back to society, oftentimes you're... 10th house will give you a lot of those answers. It's a very special house in my eyes. (laughs) Then we have the 11th house. The 11th house is the house of unpredictability as well. Similar to Uranus, right? 
It's the house where things don't always go according to plan. But it is also the house of humanitarian efforts. So the things that kind of strike a chord with you and you gravitate towards, depending on if the 11th house is important for your chart, the things that hold a special place in your heart that you want to make an impact with, humanitarian and whatever whatever humanitarian cause strikes a chord with you, the 11th house is you will usually tell you. And it's also the house of like technology and like casual acquaintances. And last but not least, we have the 12th house. Another very, very, very mysterious house. The 12th house is a very good indicator of also your subconscious mind. But it's the subconscious that is also collective. So that's a term that I'll be using a lot is collective consciousness. And collective consciousness is the thing, it's a concept where we're all universally connected through universal experiences. For example, pain is something that almost all of us go through. That is a very, very universal experience. Your 12th house helps you connect to everybody else. Whatever is going on in your 12th house is usually a good indicator of telling you what it is. And your 12th house... Mm, Actually, I'm, I'm going to change that. Your 12th house is also the part, of your, the part of you that you hide from yourself because it's so, so, so deeply hidden that sometimes you're not even aware that it exists. When it comes to collective consciousness, like it's a very, it's a very hard, I, I don't want to say hard, but it's a difficult concept to grasp around. Like it took me a while to really understand this to understand this placement but essentially it gives you an idea of the things that you may dream about and like very deeply rooted things that you you didn't even know were really a part of you and because of that it's also actually the the 12th house also plays a very big role in telling you how your environment I'm gonna sound really scary right now how the environment was when you were in your mother's womb and also the events that took place before you came into the world say like like the actual birth birthing process yeah I wasn't kidding when I said that the 12th house looks I mean not the 12th house all of the houses look at various different aspects of your life and it all just comes together so when you put the planets with the house system together now all of a sudden you have all of a sudden you have so many different indicators of not only your personality but how you go about and handle different different areas of your life. Yeah, that's absolute heavy heavy stuff if you really think about it. And I can totally understand why it's so overwhelming to just look at it at first. And also why it took me years to try and figure out my stuff. But you guys don't have to do that. That's what I'm here for. Sorry, I kind of just blasted into the mic. I am here to help you guys learn about your own chart at your own pace. And hopefully it won't be as daunting as, well, everybody else makes it to seem.
Now, to end the podcast, I'm going to talk about disclaimers, and I have quite a few, actually. First things first, I do not claim to be an expert. Like I said before, I'm just a little loser who spent years of her time just studying it, and I just like talking about it, and I'm just going to be having conversations about astrology. And if you guys can learn something from it, great. If not, sorry. (laughs) But whatever resources I do reference, I will... I will create like a little like a little database, I guess, for you guys to access. And I will always reference all of these resources that you can read in your own time as well. Oops, turn on the page. This is very, 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 very important. As I was going through all of the different planets... A birth chart is very, very, very sensitive information. If somebody is coming to you to have their birth chart read, you treat it with the utmost respect. Do not use it to harm them. Do not use it as information like to use against them. Because if you do, it will come back on you tenfold. Believe me, you do not mess around with things like that. The same way that you don't go around disclosing people's personal health information, You do not go around disclosing people's birth chart. Not cool. And definitely, definitely not fair. Okay? And I do not condone any of that. Okay? So, if you want, if you want to be, if you want to get into astrology and, like, one day be an astrologer, you have to go about it ethically, okay? Especially when it comes to, like, a lot of these occult concepts is very foreign and scary for a lot of people to venture into you want to be that safe space for somebody okay Alrighty. the other thing is that i don't really look at relationship compatibility because at the end of the day intention is everything now going along the lines of attention i don't look at um relationship compatibility Because there's not a single thing that a birth chart can tell you if you want to be with somebody. Because the intention is there. If you want to be with somebody and you want to make things work, that's it. That's all. Yeah, like a birth chart could just be like further confirmation. But it shouldn't deter you. But if things don't, if the birth chart tells, well, well, if the compatibility, not the birth chart, if the compatibility tells you, that is not going to work out don't let that deter you at all because at the end of the day you there's not a single thing that can tear you away from the person that you want to be with and that does not just apply to romantic interests it can apply to family to friends to kids to fur babies anything now to add on to intention what you do with that information from your birth chart is up to you okay because intention is everything. A birth chart is just irrelevant if it doesn't mean anything to you, really. You have the birth chart as a guide for self-improvement, for self-discovery, because that's the train of thought that I go, go along, okay? I got into astrology because I was looking for ways to improve myself and to learn more about myself, and I want to be able to do the same for everybody else. Now, 
a birth chart is meant to serve you, not rule you. I really like that saying. So I, I decided to bring it in. So realistically, astrology does not have to change your life at all. You can still be that bitch. Okay? It's up to you. The choice will always be yours. You will always have free will. I am big on that. And I want you guys to always remember that too. Because oftentimes I've found in the past, whenever I mention certain aspects, people people like to let that dictate their life and all of their future decisions. And it shouldn't be like that. And you'll learn as I go along and I teach more about, well, I go more in depth on certain things, say like an aspect, you realize that there's always going to be a positive and a negative manifestation. And so the choice will always be yours, whether you want to go into the positive direction or if you want to follow the negative. Because again, intention is everything. And remember, astrology does not change your life. It does not have to at all. Also, last but not least, and I like saying that too, last but not least, don't do readings for people under the age of 18, man. Nah, nah, don't do that. Let them be kids. Okay, like you can keep that information at the back of your head and let it manifest. But don't go around disclosing this. Uh-uh. Maybe, like, I would even say, like, wait until they're 25 because no, nobody really grows into their chart until later on in life. But, yeah. Stay away from the kids, okay? Mm-mm. No, no. Anyways, now that I've got my disclaimers out of the way, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for those of you who actually stayed and listened for that long. I hope you guys were able to get some idea and the basics of what a birth chart is and the basics of astrology and I hope it'll make you guys want to tune in to the next episode I'm really excited to simply just continue talking about astrology and for those that want to tune in and sit and listen along I thank you and until next time so the next episode will be about rising signs, which I think is a very, very important thing. More so than the sun sign, actually. So tune in next time. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.